Your first episode is a setup. You're setting up your main characters, the environment, the world, and the rules. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Two Words with Taku. I am Taku Mbudzi, and I'm sitting here with my really good friend, Katarina Kyle. And uh, yeah, you're going to hear something very interesting today. I'm getting feedback about a script that I've written because Katarina is a script expert. So welcome to Two Words with Taku. Kat, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Thanks, Taku, for inviting me to your Taku Speaks or Two Words with Taku, um, which I'm a big fan of. I love your oh, podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so tell, tell us a little bit about what you do and why you're a script expert. Okay. I have read more than a thousand scripts. I have this crazy job, which I get paid for to have a car chase in my lounge, to make out with myself and uh. to get shot at at the end. <laughs> and I can tell you at the end exactly how long your film is going to be or your TV episode. And through this experience of reading all these scripts and working with nearly every director and actor in this country, I have learned what makes a good script and um, also what a script needs and what makes it um, great and how it can go into production. So now that I'm also being a producer, I know a lot about the how to make something. Okay. Uh, look. Okay. Oh, by the way, we've got a special guest called Mustafa. So if you hear doors... Mufasa. Are, Mufasa. I He's depressed. Get, I always get that wrong and that probably doesn't help his depression. <laughs> Anyways, if you hear doors opening and things like that, it's because we're letting him in and out. So I'm just going to let him out. The slave and oh, their oh, owner, oh. which is actually the cat. Here we are. Go outside. Stay go, outside. He'll go outside, guys, and then he'll want to be back. Actually, we'll just leave the door open. Okay. Anyways, where were we? So basically, yes. that's how I became a script expert. And how it started, it was I studied film and media studies. So it's called a Bachelor of Screen Production. And I did that in Brisbane at Griffith. And after that, I was very lucky to have a nine-month um, job on an American series called Time Tracks at Warner Brothers. Um, what was it called? Time Tracks? Time Tracks, okay. yes. Yeah. So that was in 1993. Mm -hmm. Long time ago. Anyway, um, but that was great because it was like an apprenticeship and I learned about everything, each department, what they do, um, what, you know, what they need. And I understood how these departments work together to make a show. Mm -hmm. And it was a great, like, apprenticeship. And... That kind of work I did for two to three years in various productions. So I was a producer's assistant, a production assistant, an additional assistant director. And I just learned also set etiquette, all these things you don't learn at uni. Yeah. In 1995, I worked in on a feature film called Mr. Reliable with Colin Frills and Jacqueline McKenzie. And I saw this woman sitting on set, writing a lot, looking, observing and speaking to the actors. And I asked her, what's your job actually? And she said, oh, I'm continuity. I'm the script supervisor. I said, what does the script supervisor do? And she explained it to me briefly. Joe Wicks, she's an absolute legend in the industry. Everyone knows her. So what's her name? Joe Wicks. Joe Wicks. Okay. And um, look her up, guys. 
And so when I saw her and she explained to me, I said, yeah, I have a good memory and I can do that. So I did a short course at the film school at the AFTRS and did a continuity. And my mentor, mentor was Lynn Marie Dancy, none other than the script supervisor of all Jane Campion's films. Yeah. So, you know, Piano and yeah. uh, wow. Sweetie, like she's amazing. And she's a director herself now. And I saw that really, because at that time I wanted to direct and I saw that as my next apprenticeship to become a director. And it is a great position because you sit next to the director, you hear what he or she says to the actors, you speak to the actors in terms of what you need to do, and I'll get into that a bit later, and um, you, you learn about camera and about coverage, which is mm -hmm. so important oh for production. Yeah, yeah. And you talk to every other department, right? Mm -hmm. Because, this, so briefly, what a script supervisor does, I supervise makeup, costume, props, and the script, the entire script, because everything is shot out of sequence. A schedule of a production is made up into interior, exterior, day, night, different locations, availability of actors. Mm -hmm. So the script we shoot is completely scrambled backwards, sideways. Yeah. And I'm the person who has to make sense of it. So I need to know where are we in the story at that point of time when we are filming it. Yeah. Had that character already his injury? Does she have, um, you know, her hair short now or long? Mm -hmm. At what point are we in the story? Yeah. How much time has passed to the previous scene? How much time to the next scene? All these things the script supervisor oversees. And I make that up in my pre-production. I make up these time differences between the scenes. Is this a direct scene? Is it two weeks later? Is it a year later? Is it four weeks later? Is it a flashback? All these things I determine in my pre-production. Oh my gosh. So when you film, I need to make sense of it all. And that's why I supervise all these elements. Mm -hmm. And then I listen to what the actors say. And for each camera angle, because a scene is made up, a coverage means various camera angles covering the scene. That's what coverage means. I make sure that it cuts together. So mm -hmm. the actor, they have to repeat their action in the same dialogue in each camera angle. And I write then every shot, every take, all the comments from the director down. Mm -hmm. I produce reports and they go to the editor and they make an assembly cut. So that's the job of a script supervisor in a nutshell. Wow, I mean it sounds so easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's no. not oh an entry yeah. It's you were saying it's not, it's a not an entry level position. You no. really have to get yourself like I did a course, you have to understand set, you have to understand set etiquette. Yeah. And you, you I started then on short films after I did the course. I started on short films and then I had a lucky break. Lynn Marie Dancy did a feature in Brisbane called Joey, um, a kids feature film which was quite popular and they needed someone for second unit and that's when she uh, suggested me and mm -hmm. I got, after that I got then more and more offers. Now, oh, oh my gosh, you know, you know what's so awesome is having you as a friend and then listening to you talk like this, because we talk about all other stuff. 
And and so I just want to kind of step back a little bit and can you very quickly tell the story of how we met? <laughs> yes, of course I can. <laughs> so um, I live now here in Melbourne in a little cute townhouse with my cat. I have two bedrooms. And as a freelancer, which is an important element to any new filmmakers out there who want to go into this industry, you really have to be creative in how you make money on an income in between your contracts and in between your jobs. Um, because that can be an up and down. You can be really, really busy and have no life, or you have lots of time and no money. <laughs> yes. So in between my, my contracts, I do Airbnb with my second bedroom. And um, yeah, so I have my room on offer and then I got an inquiry from this person called Taku and I responded and she didn't respond for several oh, days. Oh really? I can't and, even remember. And I had it blocked and I thought, okay, if she doesn't want the room, I have to un And I sent her another message saying, if you want that room, you need to let me know because I need to free these dates if you don't want it. And she said, no, 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 I want it. And yeah, I come by and... And because it was for a little bit longer than just a, a week, um, we met first, I thought. Yeah, I think, I think so. yeah, you had to look at the house and the room. That's right. Yeah. And you said you wanted to think about it, but you came back the same day and told me, yeah, yeah. that feels right. And you want to be here for four weeks or yeah. even longer because I went overseas. That's yeah. right. And you looked after Mufasa, who she always I know, I know, Mustafa. I know, it's terrible. Do you know, even That's as I That's why park, he snobbed you. I know, even as I parked the car, I was like, oh, it'd be so good to see Mustafa. And I was like, wait a minute, Mufasa. And then I walk in and call him that. But anyhow, guys, so what happened was I moved to Melbourne to pursue this whole TV making thing. And because I have no idea what suburbs are cool or not, I was doing um, this sort of hopping around and staying in different Airbnb places to get a feel of different suburbs. And when I landed here, and found Kat and then turned out she was in the film industry which was serendipity god universe whatever you want to call it oh my gosh we just hit it off and we've yeah. been friends now for over a year and you know I, I mean that's a whole nother episode in itself so I won't bore you with that but essentially what I'm trying to so, um, show and, and share is that I somehow have started attracting people who are in these spaces or who are teaching me and I'm learning from them and and so in this moment you know i said to you at the beginning kat is going to give me some feedback on the first script that i've sent to her and just because want to say something else oh here we go yes always have something this is to how say. we are yeah <laughs> no, no, go for it. the whole thing with the serendipity as you say is really relevant in making a career in the arts as well because my breaks came through something i never could plan for mm -hmm. right so once you know what you want to do and you have a kind of end result in your mind, it is amazing how much comes to you in different ways. So you don't have to worry about constantly how it will happen. Mm -hmm. Things open. So just to give you an example, when and um, just to finish off in terms of, you know, script supervisor career as it hit off for me. I did other courses in between when I'm not working. So I did, you know, a first AD course with the film school and, and other things. And, and then I did a directing for, no, I did a acting workshop for directors with Lindy Davis. She was a great dramaturg and never thought anything about it. 
However, that was one of the crucial elements when I was interviewed for a film which a lot of Australians would know called Looking for Ali Brandi, oh, which was a film yeah. which won many awards. Now, she was in Sydney, the director, I was in Brisbane, and it's absolutely unheard of that you get a job over the phone, but I did. The reason was she didn't like any of the people they interviewed in Sydney. She just felt that they were overbearing, blah, blah, blah. However, for some reason, I was pestering the production manager at that, at that moment, at that time saying, can you have a look at my CV? I know I don't have that kind of credit yet, but I'm really keen, da, da, da. And she said, I don't know about that girl in Brisbane, maybe you should talk to her. And we had a phone conversation and we hit it off in the phone conversation. And what did we talk most about? About Lindy Davis' workshop and about oh, how I wow. see myself a confidant to her and all these things. It was nothing really about the job. It is really about your personality and how you fit maybe with that person. Mm -hmm. Once I did Looking for Ali Brandi and I became great friends with the director and the producer, I got heaps more offers and moved to Sydney and started working much more in television. And that, to the day, I still do. I still do feature films and TV um, productions. And you don't choose, you can't, like in this country, the film industry is too small that you can say, oh, I only do films or I only do TV oh, okay, productions. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, there is a whole other area with non-scripted and reality TV. And people don't swap between reality or scripted in certain positions. It doesn't work. Same with advertising. There's a whole group of film people who really stay in advertising for their reasons. Mm -hmm. Very rarely do we swap into commercials. My position definitely has gone, like there used to be a time when a script supervisor was needed for commercials. Nowadays the budget's getting tighter and tighter. They hardly use a script supervisor. Mm -hmm. Different for an assistant director or a DOP or anything like that. So just that in terms yeah. of career in yeah. what you can. There so are so many ways. To, yeah, being open to go to different events Absolutely. and and yeah, I think networking, yeah. being open, being flexible. Mm -hmm. I think I agree with that because same thing. I went to a directing workshop just recently with Dana Reed, and in there met all sorts of other people, and then their extended networks, and same thing where um, all these different places inform your actual practice. So that's why now, even coming back to the script that I've written, having met with directors and asked questions, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just cringing because this first vomit of it is like this. But now I'm excited because I have more knowledge to then write better ones yeah. and, and stuff like that. And they so all start somewhere, yeah. you know. Um, you, if you start as a writer, if you start out... You have to write a couple of scripts that gets out of your system. Not mm. every idea will be produced. Yeah, exactly. Not every idea is valuable to go further on. And sometimes there are ideas which are suddenly happen to pop up somewhere else. That's yeah. just what the industry is. Yeah. And no one has stolen your idea. It's yeah. just there is a global consciousness and suddenly you wrote something, I don't know, about a fire woman fire brigade and a woman who wanted to be always a, whatever a fire ca captain like her dad and funny yeah. enough around the world someone else wrote that script has produced it before you and yeah. that just happens yeah. that happens all the time mm -hmm. yeah. so coming to your script now so basically okay. Just with all the experience now I I'm have. I'm so excited and nervous. Okay, okay. I, okay, be nice. Be nice, but don't be nice. Okay, no, no, no. no. I will give you... I'm not... 
Okay. Give me general feedback that could help maybe somebody else who's writing something. Like, so as in maybe tell me something that you liked about it, something that you think overall needs to be improved as a rookie screenwriter. And then... Okay, let me... Yeah. You don't have to tell me what to say. (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay. Just in general, if you don't have to say anything nice, just... Yeah, you know, don't say it. Then, then I would say, you know, what typo? I just would put that script aside and start fresh again. Yeah, but that's not the case with your script, okay? Okay, so that's, that's a good start. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, start with what I liked. Okay, I like your characters. What I love about your writing, you are very descriptive. You have a clear vision about how things should look like and sound like, and um, so your imagination comes through in your writing. You have okay. really great visual style. Okay. I love that. Oh, I love about the characters you have in there. It feels authentic, obviously through your heritage. I can see what comes through, which you might probably have experienced. That's just an assumption, but that's what I felt. Yeah. Um, overall, it, it would be more it, now because it's part of a series mm-hmm. it, it would be interesting to see what the overall series is yeah okay yeah. and so let me start with the synopsis which you have written because that's what I felt it was a mix between an episode synopsis and a series overview mm-hmm. I expected to read a synopsis for the episode so it didn't really clearly let me know what the story is about Mm -hmm. and I find that often with young writers they mix up what the story is about with what the script should be about by that I mean that you talk about themes and you talk about what the aspirations of the various characters are that's not the story Mm -hmm. the story is girl meets boy boy likes her she doesn't like him she likes the brother you know yeah yeah that that is a story in a structure of i know where the characters are going Mm -hmm. that's a story it's not about uh it's about love and you know in the synopsis of a episode i want a little bit more information not just an overview of the themes and that Mm -hmm. has place as well yeah in it but it's a bit separate to when I... So I go for my expectations when I saw synopsis and I couldn't make out what it really is about because yeah. you throw in at the end um, that two worlds collide, which yeah. throws up a whole lot of things. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't tell me what. Yeah, that's true. Which okay. is a hook, but you have to be careful how you word that in one paragraph. Mm-hmm. And if you have a little bit, you have to be clear Is is that what it is is it a synopsis for the episode is it a series overview is it my one-liner hook Mm -hmm. there are clear definitions of when to write what Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you have to be clear about that yeah because otherwise the reader doesn't know where to go first with it You, you set up the wrong expectation yeah no that that actually makes sense so from let's say if you're planning a series do you almost have to plan it and then write let's say the series overview based on that because in this situation i've been writing it but then 
and I kind of know what the end is, but that's part of it like yeah. that I'm exploring is I, yep. I don't know what they're going to do. And I can tell and, that in your writing. Yeah, okay. That you haven't figured out where the well, series goes. Yeah, yeah. So if you are planning a series, you do not have to write the, every episode of that series. Mm -hmm. You should have an outline of every episode though. Yeah. So yeah. that you know where your characters are going. What mm -hmm. is the arc of the series? Mm -hmm. That, you know... That is essential that you have that in your mind because that is essential for writing the episodes yeah. and the character development. Um, so the series overview is something you need to look at. Each episode then, once you have written your outlines for each episode, that's when you start then writing the dialogue. The dialogue is really at the end. You are starting... is at the end. Wait, let me think about that. Yeah, okay, yeah. When you write an episode, yeah. you need to know the story. Yeah. Okay. So what's happening yeah. for this so snapshot of time. She goes on Sundays to church and then uh, on Monday she goes to school and on Wednesday she has swimming. However, this week her brother got sick and everything she planned to do she couldn't do. Let's say that's episode one. Mm -hmm. But in episode two... I don't know, brother dies. Her world grumbles. Yeah. Nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah. In episode three, she meets a new person who helps, you know, yeah. like you need to know the story in yeah. what happens in this episode, what's happening in that episode, what happens in that episode. Mm -hmm. What is at the end? Ah, oh, through her brother's death, she blah, 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 has found something else and goes off on that. Or oh, she has come back to what she knew before, yeah. realizing she can continue her life without her brother in her life. Yeah. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah. So, so you need to, that's, that's what you write. And you can spend as much time and as much detail as you want in these outlines because it gives you a it it you as a writer will get to know your own characters better. Mm -hmm. What yeah. does she it's not the dialogue which tells you yeah. what the character is like. And I get to that in your in your script. And because okay, I don't want to jump too much across so that I'm clear in what I'm saying. Okay, so are we? So you've told me what you liked about it, yeah. and then now are we in the bit where you're saying overall or in general things to look yeah. out for? Yeah. Yeah. So clarity of you know how you describe this, you know, the synopsis or the overview. Yeah. So I think that's good. And so then last one more thing yes. for your synopsis. You put photos on it. Um, now, the photos do not relate to what I have read. Oh, okay. That's interesting. That's what I, I didn't get yeah. that. Okay. So I didn't understand are there potential characters? Uh, why did you choose these pictures for your synopsis? I didn't understand that. Okay. And okay. when I read it first, I didn't understand your title either. Yeah, yeah. So your title, I don't think it's the best title for what you actually want to write. Okay. That's yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I understand, and that's subjective. No, but I, I think it's I hear a you. Complete. Yeah. The next reader could say, "Oh, fabulous title!" Oh, yeah. Opens the door for that. Yeah. I don't see that that yeah. way. But there is no right and wrong. You, mm. as a writer, have to know and listen to your own gut and vision, if that is speaking to you or not like this is so good oh you're killing me Go because on. the thing yeah. is and that i i say that about to every young filmmaker when they get their work assessed 
be it your teacher, your lecturer, a friend or whatever. It's only my point of view mm. and from my experience. Mm -hmm. And there is, I could be completely wrong. And I think with this one, I'm at the point where I haven't... So in my planning of the overall story, I know why that title is that, but I haven't shown that in any way in anything. So no. is that something I would need to do at the beginning or in the synopsis? Or, or is that something where I just decide? Because I kind of decided that's the title, but it's going to come out why that's the title at okay. some point how would i it's, do it's that it's tricky i haven't come across anything or is it well the... no 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 hang on i have come across of it because in lion which i worked as an additional script supervisor sorry in lion lion yep yep which was oscar nominated last yep. year um you don't know until the end why the film is called lion and you forget about it throughout the film mm -hmm. right your title though is quite specific and I didn't know even how to pronounce it to yeah, begin with. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking, is that a really good title? If yeah. I have to wonder, how do I pronounce that straight yeah. away? Yeah. So that's, that's why it's... interesting. Okay. okay. So, so then yeah. I, I, I was just... Um, hmm. Okay. But it's not a break or, you know, a title. You can have a working title, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. A title can change. You know how many films are worked on and the title has changed? so many times and by the time it comes out in the cinema on tv yeah it's totally yeah. different yeah. title when i worked on it mm -hmm. and that makes so much sense because even as i started writing this script i started to feel like yeah that title maybe for now is a working title but in terms of where the story is and other characters that i haven't even introduced yet i feel like it's a it's yeah Something. And you so, and I, you can mm. call like you can write underneath working title that is oh, in okay. drafts okay. that is completely acceptable and I've seen it many times. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's not a bad thing. Okay. Okay. Let's go into the episode and or in general, like I said, I will just give you a general background for the interview. Uh, feedback. Okay. And this is something I have read or experienced with a lot of new writers. And that is the technique of using voiceover. It's one of the most difficult t things to write a good voiceover. Mm -hmm. Because one mistake often is made, and, um, and I feel you've done that in your script as well. Mm -hmm. The voiceover see says what we see in the character section anyway. So you have to ask yourself, do I really need that voiceover? Or isn't that actor with that, what I'm describing in the situation and what she's doing, am I not seeing that already? Um, that is one thing. And then they're, tr or they're trying to describe what the character is about in the voiceover. Yeah. Which is, in mm -hmm. inverted comma, I'm saying that now, mm -hmm. lazy writing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you have to find a situation or a way or how that character interacts with someone else to describe that personality. Yeah. yeah. Rather than putting it in a voiceover. Yeah. yeah. And I understand yeah. how it can happen, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's not great writing. And imagine yeah. it on film. Okay. Um, let me give, think of an example. Uh, okay. The, uh, um, uh, let me say 
okay, this girl, girl goes to new school, right? It's mm -hmm. her first day. And the voiceover says, oh, girl, um, I hate going to new schools. All these people, they're just staring at me. Mm -hmm. The vision we see is a girl clearly not being familiar with the environment, girls looking at them, it's an old girl school, let's say, looking at them, whispering, and she goes in. We clearly get that yeah. she is new and everyone is staring at her. Do mm -hmm. we really need the voiceover? Weak example, but it no, does No, happen. but it makes sense. I actually get what you're saying. Yeah. And I think that's something I did struggle with as well. It's like, yeah. oh crap, why is this narrator saying this stuff? And the other thing okay. is, I haven't, as I was writing it, it's very different going from prose to a screenplay. Like, like that transition is what's interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, you just mentioned narrator. So you have a narrator and you have characters voiceover in your episode. And that is very confusing. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know why you have a narrator and then you jump to suddenly a voiceover, a character's voiceover. On paper it works. Yeah. But when you see it, it would jump. It, yeah. You think like, who's the narrator? Are yeah. we following the narrators now through the episodes or are we with characters? Mm -hmm. So my suggestion to you was, um, what did I write here? I said, watch some films how they do it and look at TV shows where it's done. Mm -hmm. So looking for Ali Brandi is a really good one because Josie, the character, it's her voiceover because it's her story. Yeah. So you in your mind have to be clear whose story is it? Mm -hmm. Am I using her voiceover? Or is it some ominous point of view and I'm using a narrator's point of view? Or is it the at the end of the six episodes of how many episodes you've written, we find out who the narrator is? Mm -hmm. Because is that a technique? Is it a character we're getting to know? There are yeah. so many questions who that narrator could be. Yeah. Or is it just a And questions technique? that I haven't even answered yet. Exactly. But Which you need is, to be yeah. clear when you knew. You know, you can't just use... Oh, I need to tell the audience now that she feels that. Oh, yeah. let's put that in the voiceover. Yeah. That's what I mean by lazy writing. Doesn't yeah. that, that doesn't work for you. Yeah. And I can tell you in every film where voiceover is used, the voiceover has been rewritten after the final cut. Because the voiceover oh, nice. written in the episode hardly works when the film is cut. Because the timing changes, some scenes never make it to screen, uh, yeah, that's uh, the order is changed, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And I always say that to, and everyone knows that, the film or TV show is made in the post-production, in the editing room. That's where your product is made. Yes, and I remember you saying things like, you know, people always have a go at continuity, and it's yeah. not you guys, it's yeah. how maybe the directors or the editors have cut it. So, yes. Yeah. I do remember that. That's that's yeah, that's a is... very common problem, be it in yeah. costume or makeup or anything, you know. And it looks like a direct cut. And when we originally shot it, there were so many other scenes in between to tell that it's actually weeks apart. And then in the edit suite, they're saying, you know what, this story holds up to get to this dramatic point. We have to cut that storyline. I mean, yeah. in looking for Ali Brandi, entire storyline has been cut out. Okay. You know, um, and that's just... That's normal. That's nothing unusual. So you have to be careful. Don't, mm -hmm. you know, be too... You As cannot well. rely on your voiceover. Yeah, yeah. That's what my conclusion to the voiceover is and narrator. And you have to be clear who it is mm -hmm. and what, what purpose that voiceover or narrator 
looks at if it's a TV show look at Sex and the City they mm-hmm. do it really well there but yeah. it's always Jessica Parker yeah, yeah. it's always Carrie who always has the voiceover voice. yeah that makes sense if it is many voiceovers um what did I recently see wait it was two but I remember it took me out of the story when I suddenly think oh that's another person speaking now Ah, okay. Um, But it worked somehow. I can't remember which show it was now. But you have to be really clear Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it can be a style. Now, style, I love in yours that you use different formats. So um, there is part animation in it. And and again, uh, look at a German film called Run Lola Run. Run Lola Run. Okay. okay. They do it right. really well there. They use every kind of uh, different visual style possible. Animation, uh, Polaroid shots, film, mm-hmm. video, all kinds of things. Okay. And how they... It made sense when they used it. That worked actually quite... And that's your humor. I liked it because it was funny. Okay. You Yay! know, some of it was actually funny and I liked also... Um, yeah, that, I, 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 I think your style is more like when you see it, it's funny rather than in the dialogue. Yes. Or the, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that. yeah. This is great feedback, by the way. I'm literally dying right I now. I love, you wrote <laughs> a poem. Love the poem. The poem is actually one of your best uh, things in your episode. I really okay. like that. The ending just came out of nowhere. I was not prepared. Oh, just finished. Ah, uh, okay. So the ending was something... Either it need you know, if you want a cliffhanger endings, yeah, it needs to end up on a high for me to with a hook for me to watch the next series. Mm-hmm. Think about all the binge watching we do nowadays with yeah. all, <clears throat> with all the the episodes, especially on the Netflix and the stands and all these as oh, uh, streaming no, yeah. um, streaming video on video on demand. Yeah, yeah, streaming video on demand, SVOD. They, they do that quite cleverly. Mm-hmm. You, you, you want to see the next one. Yeah. So that's the kind of finish you have to have in mind when you want to achieve that mm-hmm. through your episodes. And episode series or any, this is really important for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you really want to hit the next or let it play to the next straight away. Yeah. Um, and I didn't feel you achieved that yeah. with yours. It was like, in the middle of an action, something. It, it, yeah. it, I don't know. I just felt. Oh, we're done. It, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, and I can. Yeah. I, I can appreciate that. That makes sense. And uh, that was basically it. I mean, overall, I asked, "What is your time frame for an episode?" Mm-hmm. Um, because as a rock. No. Okay. Let me backtrack there. You have to know who you're writing it for. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if you write for. Let's say you have a TV series idea for a commercial network. Know where it would be sitting, at what time slot, yeah. time frame would be sitting your show. Yeah. If you think, you know, 7.30 like an Offspring episode, then you can't write an episode which is 20 minutes long or 70 minutes long. It has yeah. to be around the 45 to 50 minute mark yeah. because that's a commercial hour. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you need to know that, um, and I can help you with that. But um, if you want to write a feature film, is it a comedy? 
hardly a two hour have a look around there's hardly a comedy out there which is two hours long it's more like the 80 to 90 minutes right Mm -hmm. do you want to write something really you know drama and etc i mean i'm not saying it's such a really these are not rules to go by yeah but have a look where your story fits what's out there that is similar to yours yeah what works, what doesn't work for yours. Yeah. So ha- you need to know your audience, you need to know where would it be actually playing. Mm-hmm. Would it be on Netflix or Stan or inter- you know, YouTube or would it be um, on a commercial network? Would it be on Foxtel? Foxtel has a different uh, hour. You know, they're much more like along the line of 55 minutes because okay. they don't have the commercials. Or is it on SBS and ABC? Again, yeah. look where your project would be sitting, what is the time there, where is your audience, what time slot are you writing, is it PG, is it adults only, yeah. you need to be clear about that in your language you're using, these are all things oh, you yeah, should consider. Language. Yeah, that's a huge thing, yeah. You know, language. if um, I recently read someone's um, TV show series, great, great Sorry series. guys, that's the washing machine. If you can hear it. Oh, okay. That's okay. Yeah, you know, I, I don't have problem. anyone who does my washing. I have to do it myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, sorry sorry about off. that. I mm. can switch it off if it bothers you. No, 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 it's fine. We're just being real. It yeah. is what it is. It is what At it home, is. cups of tea and... Yeah. Um, what else I say? Yeah, so I read this and every... Uh, the very first draft. So it's a young writer I'm working with as a producer who I... I haven't talked about it yet, but anyway. Um, looking at his earlier drafts, every second word was a C word. Oh. Which yeah. made sense though. Oh, it I made total that. sense why he used it, and yeah. it made total sense for his kind of show. And it was authentic. However, I said to him, which network do you think yeah. this show could be screened on with that language? And he said, yeah. He, I'm thinking of animation and along this way and I think I said yeah, to him yeah. there's no way you get that show up in Australia yeah. if you want to do that the, the, unfortunately that's they're very risk adverse you won't get that show up here mm-hmm. my idea I said to him is I can see that as a live action drama series and the language has to change though because there are sometimes ways you can say the same thing without using it and I know him now for over a year and I just recently we had script readings with his friends and it was very funny and he has rewritten quite a lot and it's really good it's getting really good it has a lot of heart he still uses it occasionally yeah and that's fine because that can be something down the track you know the the reader of that let's say network executive who reads that script understands why it is used then there but i'm sure it comes back saying oh we can't say that and then we have to that's a manipulating on something you can do later on in production mm-hmm. where you do say it maybe differently or we have let's say netflix or stan and it's an adults only and then yeah, you can say it yeah. because you know we hear it on game of thrones we hear it on um Oh, there's something show. I just watched and they said it. Uh, was, it was it House of Cards? No, it might not have been House of Cards. I just heard it on another show. Yeah, well, me too. And I was 
like oh okay yeah great mm-hmm. but it makes it, yeah but for that it made sense yes exactly yes and that's my point oh no i just what i just heard it in i tonya Oh, have okay. you watched that? No, not yet. Oh, that's another story. But yeah, it, yeah, I, I really like. No, that. I haven't. So yeah. that's basically so Language. a script analysis. So so what I've just done for you mm-hmm. is just for your listeners that they get clear. It's just um, reading your script, giving you some feedback face to face, and yeah. I put a few notes on one to two pages. Okay. Yeah. In your case, it was just a page because it's a short episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would do for, um, you know, that's one okay. part of my script service. Yeah. Another script services I do for many production companies, I time their, their films or mm-hmm. their TV miniseries or um, episodes. Then I can do in detail script analysis where I would give more notes and I could offer a face-to-face via Skype or in person. Mm-hmm. I mean, we happen to live close by. Yeah. Um, so these are my script services I'm offering. Um, I'm also can offer a kind of mentorship through script writing drafts. And um, what else can I do? So if I'm applying for funding. So, so if you're applying for funding, then I can help you also to save money or be prepared the best you could be with your script because I understand budgets and schedules very well. Mm-hmm. And what one thing I notice with a lot of new writers is to they write all kinds of locations because they think oh, it has to be here and then this has to be here and that you know it happens even on professional big scripts you have to limit limit and downsize sometimes your location changes because yeah. you physically could not because it costs money yeah every time and you change it looks like a small little bit and, and it's not it. worth yeah, it does not. it really have to be in a coffee yeah. shop maybe they could just meet on the road which is a location just outside of a house which yeah. you use anyway for other things you know yeah that makes i usually say to the writers don't think about that when you write write what you you want but i can help them before you go to funding you have to think of these things yeah if you write a period piece with hundred soldiers and I don't know what, very unlikely that you get that up as a short film or your first piece yeah. because it costs a fortune a period yeah. fe- period feature or yeah. show. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, mm-hmm. if you write a, a thing which every second scene is a stunt or a science fiction and you're a first time filmmaker again very unlikely that you will get that up on a low budget because stunts and special effects are very expensive yeah so i love that i love just what i'm hearing from what you're saying is there's a whole like you help refine because that's what keeps playing over in my mind is now with the script i have to go back and refine the language the idea like everything and i'm i'm really excited about that because as a writer that's what i love it's like okay yeah so what are the actual bones of it where do they need to be how how else can i express what they're thinking feeling or what they're about without like you're saying using the voiceover or the narrator to be prescriptive about telling you because then it's lazy writing but then it's also like dumbing down the viewer kind of saying you're too dumb so i'm just going to tell you exactly what's happening and then it's like well then where's the fun or the mystery in that and and so i love listening to you say this stuff because now it's like i can feel what i originally felt when i was writing this is like this is what i want to capture so now okay kat said this i've had feedback from other people how do i now 
do that. And yeah. you don't have to do, every, you know, you have your first episode is a setup. You're setting up your main characters, mm -hmm. the environment, the world, and the rules. Mm -hmm. That's what you do in your first episode. But that doesn't mean we know everything about them. Yeah. The mystery comes through the surprises throughout the series. Oh, yeah. oh, she's doing that now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. You know, so you don't. I don't have to know everything about the, the character in the first episode. God, no. Okay. I mean, look at House of Cards or look yeah. at any of these shows. We didn't know anything. We, we had a glimpse of the characters. We understood some of the characters. We understood who is who and how they interact. But look at the unfolding. Oh, my favorite, favorite TV show where if you want to study character development, yeah. Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. Breaking yeah. Bad is, yeah. in my opinion, the ultimate. Yeah. How a character has been established and turned around and we still loved him at the end, even though mm -hmm. he was a... Absolute. <laughs> absolute. <laughs> yeah. A hole. Beep. Yeah. 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 Actually, okay. Yes. That, yes. Look how clever they did that. Yes. And it was not mm. in your face because you felt empathy and mm. uh, compassion for the whole situations all the time. And then it was funny again. And then Aaron, the other character, had, you know, it was really interesting and clever at what point the characters changed. Mm -hmm. Because then the interaction between the characters changed as yeah, well yeah. if that character goes like this. I think I remember watching some um, in the actors room thing with the, um, the showrunners about Breaking Bad. Oh, right. It was so fascinating. So oh, it's funny you say it. that. I'll, I'll find it. Maybe I'll even find it and link it in this episode. Absolutely. But they were talking about everything like you're saying so how like what do we do next? where is he now and then really i have to like, tell because what the brilliance is between australia and america in that regard and that's why they produce so many great tv series they have a writer's room and work in that writer's room with all the writers and they are plotting mm. the five seasons already mm -hmm. they're not just writing the one season and yeah. then see what the next season and then they already knew where Walter is going yeah. to go. They knew from the beginning that can might change here and there, mm -hmm. but they had a clear arc for that character. Yeah, Australia doesn't do that. Why do you One, think that is? Like what budgets? Is it? Oh, budgets! I find in what, Australia for the writers' rooms and or like for, for the scripts, duration. No, of for the... scripts in general. I find that uh, scripts are often produced underdeveloped. Mm -hmm. There is only that amount of money available in Australia for development um, because we have brilliant writers here. We have great producers here mm. and directors in this country. But the finance to, to make similar quality kind of TV shows like that is very difficult to achieve because the money in development is not here for scripts like that. Okay. It just Sorry guys, doesn't. it's the, the washing machine again. Okay, well, I mean, I'm really, I'm really excited with all the feedback you've given me. Where do people find you? You're my friend, which is great. But if somebody genuinely has a question, they're a filmmaker anywhere in the world and they want to find you, what's the best way to ask for your help or to, to hire you for their films or their productions? Um, okay, so if you Google my name, 
they will find me on IMDb and you probably find uh, my booking agent who knows what, you know, booking agent doesn't mean they find your work. They just know, are you working or not working? Are you available and send your name out to potential employers? Um, you would find my email address there okay, um, through there. So that I'm in the process of designing my website I haven't decided on my final business name I can help with all as I said before I can help with services from timing to planning to mentoring to giving you a script analysis or just a feedback and um, I will have then also a structure of my service fees which are different obviously to short films to tv series mm. to feature films yeah. because it takes time yeah. i nothing what i'm talking about is quick yeah. the, and the, if i finalize everything i said there are no quick experiences to get experience yeah that's and that's yeah. just how yeah. it is mm -hmm. you know you have to be taking up the opportunities as they come work through them you know whatever makes makes you happy when you write or help someone else or you do a lot of things for nothing when you start mm -hmm. um, but you know after 26 of years of experience my expertise is now not for free or for nothing yeah. anymore oh, yeah. so I do that now for a living because I yeah that's what I do in between my other contracted work like I start mid-May I start another new TV show here in Melbourne for someone uh, which sounds fun and very different to what we have on television this year uh, so far I mean and then we have uh, second half of this year something comes out on Foxtel called Fighting Season I'm really excited about oh, yeah. that I remember you telling me about that okay because and that is um, something very different too it's about to Australia in 2010 in Afghanistan mm -hmm. and deals with PTSD and everything so that will be a really good drama on Foxville to watch yeah okay and I guess to round off now because uh, I'm just going to talk about the films that I've watched that you have been part of and there's a whole long list uh, so I recently watched The Dressmaker with Kate mm -hmm. Winslet in it which was I really loved it. I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. um, I also watched Berlin Syndrome. That was the first movie that I watched that you had told me about that you worked on. And then I interviewed the author of the book, which is just a whole nother serendipity universe God thing, how those things came together. And then I also watched... Yeah, but you were open Lion. for it and yeah. you were prepared for it. You I, know? I was. Um, but I guess I'm trying to subtly name drop so people know <laughs> that you're, yeah, you're legit and you've worked on important projects and stories from here. And I, I mean, I'll put a you know, few links in there, but mm. if people do want to ask you questions, honestly, guys, she's very helpful and very thorough. I, I mean, that's why I was so scared to come in and hear the truth of what she thought, but well, that's a trait you need to have thorough as a script supervisor. And there is a really great group of men and women in this country who do my job. Yeah. Um, and I would say we are all very, we are thorough, we are passionate about what we do. Mm. And we all understand how difficult our position is. Because a script supervisor doesn't come up to an actor saying, hey, great take, awesome, loved it. 
When we come and say something, it's usually, you know what you did in the last tag or in the master, you did it this way and it would be really great if you could do it like that again. So that, you know, we come with a critique and then we're the commas or they always know that we have to say something about they should do differently and yeah. they should focus on too. So it's not, it's a bit of an unthankful position. If we do our job great, you don't see our job, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And um, it's all about, you know, how you talk to, you know, they're volatile characters from directors to DPs to actors. They're all, everyone is really, you know, protective about what they're doing and mm. don't say anything. But mm -hmm. sometimes you have, you have to. to. And you your job to. is to say, actually, the light doesn't match to that light. And yeah. you even have to sometimes say to a very experienced DP, that eyeliner isn't correct because that's yeah. your job as well yeah. as a script supervisor. But there is a really great group of uh, men and women here who do this job really well. And on the dressmaker, I was really blessed to work with Susie Struth, who is one of the most amazing script supervisors in this country as well. And she was doing main unit and I was doing second unit. And what that means usually is main unit does all the really big scenes with the big actors because they take a certain amount of time and then like shots which are missing for the coverage second unit does mm -hmm. however second unit does also for example on kangaroo jack a big uh, american film i worked on shot 10 weeks in alice springs you do all the stunt sequences or special effects because they take time and that is all second unit. So second unit can be lots of fun, um, so, which I did on that one and it was awesome. And you do all the kangaroo stuff and, you know, oh. with the real ruse and all that because they take more time and you do more special shots and you work with like on stunt sequences on that film. We worked sometimes eight, nine cameras at the same what? time. Are you serious? Yeah. So, you know, you... That can happen. On a dressmaker, we didn't do that. On a dressmaker, we had one, sometimes two cameras. And um, you do, like we did on the dressmaker, the entire flashbacks when Tilly was young, mm -hmm. Kate Winslet's a young character, we mm -hmm. did all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a lot of scenes which main unit dropped between Barry Otto and Julia Black mm -hmm. in the main street. We did a lot of them. We did quite a few scenes with... Um, Hugo Weaving, which they had to drop. Um, we did, yeah, like, Lots. a lot, like oh, all the yeah. bus scenes where yeah. the, all the, when they oh, yeah. oh, the, uh, we did yeah, all that, that was second unit. Yeah. Um, so you do, you know, things which just take a little bit longer and the second unit, well, I don't want to say they have the luxury to do that. We don't, we have a lot, a tight schedule to get a lot of things done too, mm -hmm. but it's just a bit different. It's usually sometimes, it's often the less dialogue heavy scenes. It's more like that. So that's what second unit does. And that's what I did on Dressmaker. Um, yeah, Berlin Syndrome, I'm very proud to have been part of the team. First of all, because I worked with the amazing director, Kate Shortland, who I absolutely adore. I loved the script when she offered me the job and to read and be part of. And um, Berlin Syndrome was really interesting because from the continu continuity point of view, because we were shooting Melbourne and Berlin. So everything you see inside the apartment is Melbourne. That apartment has been built by the amazing Melinda Doring, who is an amazing production designer in Dockland Studios. And everything outside of it is Berlin. 
um, shot in Berlin. But we have direct cuts between, you know, Teresa Palmer character in the apartment looking out into snow in Berlin in the courtyard That's amazing. and then you have direct cuts between them entering and exiting and all incredible. that and going up the stairs and down the stairs. It was so seamless. It yeah. was seamless. I did not know any of this. Well, wow. that's because we have an amazing team of Melinda Doring, the production designer and her team who reconstructed the entry to the door. Mm-hmm. the same way as it was in Berlin mm-hmm. so that you could shoot to a certain extent yeah. the same way as you do in Berlin mm-hmm. because we had an amazing DOP with his uh, gaffer uh, Jermaine McKinging and Ruru and Ruru the, the, the gaffer he took notes exactly of the same light and atmosphere between Berlin and Melbourne so that's why it's seamless as well mm-hmm. and then obviously the grading and we had amazing actors, obviously, mm-hmm. who knew where they were in the story emotionally to yeah. do this. And then, of course, me, who <laughs> was helping them with it, who to say, you know, you were there and you had the bag in the right hand and then you, you opened your door this way and you came in this way. So then did you have to do that physically between Melbourne and yes. Berlin? You yes. Yes. Wow. Cat, so, yeah. Wow. But, we, you know, nowadays te- uh, technology and I'm busting the bubble a little bit here yeah. for all of oh, us. Oh, no, no, don't. We want the mystery. No, <laughs> no. Let's, in fact, let's just leave it at that. Uh, you guys know. I don't want her to give her all okay. her secrets. But anyway, but, it, you know, you do have that and... Um, uh, and all that available too, and photos and da da da. But you know, it's really it, it's fun. It's I mean, it's really it's something creatively a bit more challenging again. And you you feel like you've done a you know if it's that seamless and people seem to love the film, you know you've done a great job. Yeah. And that makes me you know happy and proud of it. And you know, I was lucky enough so far in my career. I had some really nice gems. You know, yeah. like looking for Ali Brandi and Berlin Syndrome and what was that in the farm and fighting season I'm really excited about you oh, oh. Uh, honestly seriously this is how it gets when we catch up we do not stop talking between the two of us and yeah. I'm so interested about your work and I, I just want to tell everybody about it so what I'll do is I will put a link to Katarina's IMDB page and you can have a look at what she's done if there is anything that's similar to what you're making or thinking about doing then definitely hit her up on on her contact details and then yeah if you have any questions about any other writing things or people that you think I should interview please let me know you can find me and all my adventures at taku.com.au and I'm on Instagram and Twitter as at Taku Speaks and on Facebook and YouTube as Taku TV. So, yeah, this has been a very, very full and interesting episode. Thank you so much for listening. And there is definitely more to come. Bye. Oh, yeah. Bye, Katarina. <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye, Katarina. That's, you know, you should say bye to your guests. That's what's manners. Oh, gosh. Awesome. Perfect.